Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. We have uh, Doug High coming up a little later, former uh, RNC spokesman, 97.1 FM Talk political insider. Dave Young, my friend from The Sound Room, is going to visit for just a little bit. We have a great movie night event, uh, entertainment event, the big night in at The Sound Room in Chesterfield on Thursday. I'll be there after the show for a panel discussion on some fun stuff that I have in my home from The Sound Room. And you can see all kinds of demos. So we look forward to you. That's a free event, by the way, Thursday. You just have to register at thesoundroom.com. Our friend Jazz Shaw is back with us from hotair.com this afternoon just to catch up on several things. We can talk about the Trump announcement tonight as well. How are you, Jazz? Uh, doing good, buddy. How you going? I'm, I'm doing well. Right before I welcomed you in here, I just happened to click on the site to see if you had written about anything today. And in fact, you did. So let me start with this, because you, you actually opened up one of the uh, the pieces today that said, it's a rare day indeed when I get the chance to say anything nice about Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. So uh, this is interesting. I had not heard about this yet. People who are kind of screwed during the pandemic on airline stuff are going to get some money back? Well, Yes, some of them. Um, there were, as we all know, tons of delays, canceled flights, things like that. And people that had their flights canceled after they companies had already booked them um, will be they're being ordered by the transportation department to get refunds. Uh, the big problem with this is, uh, and that's great because you know it's crappy service, and a lot of people right. know that, but. There's only one American airline that's involved. The rest of them are all uh, airlines from outside the United States. They're not really tagging any of the big airlines from the United States, and people had problems with them too. So uh, how that deal worked out, I'm not entirely sure, but they, they did go after one airline in Colorado and some foreign airlines. But if you didn't get a refund for a flight that was canceled and you wound up taking uh, you know, bonus miles or something like that in exchange, that's not going to help you. So any of the listeners, if you're in that situation, definitely go check out 
the website that's in the link there and see if you qualify. Because if you're not on, if you weren't flying on Frontier Airlines, if you're flying on American or United or any, you know, anybody else in the United States, apparently they didn't get hit. Well, I'm a fan of Southwest mainly because I, I just seem to have fewer problems on Southwest, and I always know if I have to cancel the flight, I can get the flight credit. So I, I tend to stick with, with that airline. But you always can't do that. I mean, sometimes you do have to fly other airlines, right? Right. And, and, and that happens. I, don't, I haven't really flown much at all since the pandemic started. But, yeah, I, I get it. There are problems. They crop up. But there is a law in the United States that says you're supposed to be offered – a refund if there's an unreasonable uh, delay or a cancellation uh, after you book the flight in advance. And there are companies being held accountable for that and some that don't really seem to be held quite as accountable because though the American companies don't always tell flyers immediately that, oh, you can have a refund, the first thing they do is offer you, yeah, right. uh, we'll, we'll give you some miles or, you know, we'll uh, – give you credit towards another flight. And if you don't know that you can say, no, I want a refund, then you, you basically just walk away and you're not going to qualify. Yeah, we were, we were concerned because we had booked a f- um, some flights to go to Mexico over Thanksgiving and changed the plans and were concerned that they were just going to give us, you know, it was like $3,600 in, in airline tickets. We were worried that, and this was like Spirit or Frontier, I can't remember what it was, that they weren't going to give us back the money. But my wife kind of played hardball and it took a little while. You know, she had to insist and they, they finally issued the refund, but it wasn't easy. Right, and that's the whole point I was making. You yeah. have to play hardball. But how many people out there didn't know enough to play hardball? Most. And I think maybe the government could be doing a better job getting you know information out there like these are your rights as a traveler in the United States and make sure you ask. And I, I had to find out about it through like secondhand sources. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good move, but I do think they could be doing a bit more. Jazz Shaw from Hot Air with me. The other story that you wrote about today, and I had not heard about this one either, is this Parents Defending Education Group and the lawsuits in Boston. Explain what's going on here, because this is sort of a reverse racism story, isn't it? Um, That's one aspect of it, uh, definitely a big aspect of it. But I think most of your listeners are probably already aware that the public schools have been turned into like indoctrination oh, yeah. centers for, Constant theme for like here. woke for for woke theology and things like that. But uh, yeah, in all across the country really, but that group has been particularly targeting Massachusetts, which is very, very, very woke. And there were parents who were unhappy about their children being indoctrinated into transgender ideology, um, against certain classes and presentations being set up. One of them literally said students who identify uh, as primarily white are not invited. And that's that's blatant racism. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. The way I guess it was described this way, that the um, the group sued Wellesley Public Schools for an alleged illegal discrimination when Wellesley High School hosted a forum for Asian students and students of color to discuss a mass shooting at an Asian massage parlor in Atlanta. The teacher who organized the session wrote that it was, quote, not for students who identify only as white. I guess you can whiten something else and then you'd be okay. Well, yeah, apparently, but still, you're bringing race into it, and it's an educational activity. How do you block one group of students out of an educational activity based solely 
on the color of their skin rather than the content of their character, as Martin Luther King would have said. And yeah, those people backed down and they were forced to pay the schools. Uh, they, they lost the suits. And this seems to be a spreading trend, and I'm glad to see it. You know, one of the things that you said, though, resonated because when you wrote about that, you asked this question, do these people honestly not understand that they are engaging the most obvious form of racism imaginable? To you, Jazz, and to me, to many of the listeners right now, that seems so obvious. But what, what is in the brains of those people who are trying to defend this or think that this is okay? I, I think it's a mindset that grew out of a number of things, one of the biggest ones being the Black Lives Matter thing, uh, where they're like, well, we hate discrimination. But if you're discriminating against white people, particularly white males, that's okay. Straight white males in particular. Straight white males and non-transgender, what's the word they use? Cisgender. Yeah, cisgender. White males. Cisgender white men. Cisgender straight white males. Uh, That's fine. The courts almost unanimously, this group has been having so much success, have looked at that and said, um, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You can't discriminate against anybody. And now the schools are the schools and the teachers unions in a couple of cases that I didn't put in the article are being made to pay because you you can't do that. You know, and I again, I'll, I'll just repeat myself. I, I think it's a very promising development. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. One more thing here. And we're going to talk about this. And I've been talking about the uh, I guess what's going to happen tonight at Mar-a-Lago. We're going to air it live here on 97.1 FM Talk. I follow Scott Adams on Twitter. I know a lot of people do. I've seen his uh, tweets over the years. He's been very supportive of Donald Trump. But you wrote a column the other day and they headlined it at Hot Air when you've lost Scott Adams. And he he broke bad on something that really kind of pissed me off, too. When Trump writes something and he says, Glenn Youngkin, he says, that sounds Chinese, Youngkin. The whole thing was just immature as usual. So what happened? Adams tweets out, I'm done, right? He had had enough at that point. Yeah, he's out. Um, I'm not, I, I want to make clear to everybody listening, I'm not out, but I have been very disappointed with some of the antics coming from the former president in a time when it feels like the party should be pulling together, you know, and focusing on the stuff that so many Republicans did not focus on in the midterms, focus on the crime, focus on the border disaster, focus on all these things. And a lot of them failed to do that. And we can leave for another interview, you know, what the Democrats have been up to with counting the votes and all that. But it wasn't good. And yeah, I was a little unhappy with the uh, with how the last president handled that. And I just tweeted something a little while ago. If Everybody that's listening to this is following me. You probably already saw it. I'm probably not even going to watch the announcement because I'm a little annoyed with Donald yeah, Trump right yeah. now. Well, I'm going to be at the I Eagles tonight, so somebody, I won't watch it either. Let, let me be very clear. I'm someone who voted for Donald Trump twice and has said repeatedly that if he's the nominee – in 2024, I will be perfectly fine with voting for him again. But at this point, he's making me pull back a little bit and say, well, let's let the primary play out and see how that goes. I've been very 
I, I would say encouraged. That's just me that there have been because my question after the election last Tuesday was how many people will be willing to say publicly that we kind of need to go in a different direction. I'm in that camp. I at this point support DeSantis. I'm exhausted by the tone. I also think, though, Jazz, and there's probably going to be something to do this, all this piling on and blaming Trump for the midterms, which he doesn't, maybe he deserves some of the blame, but certainly not the amount that people are trying to tag him with at this point, is probably going to help him. And then people think when the media, you know, piles on, because they will, that that will probably bring people more around to Trump in a weird way. Don't you think that's how the psychology has worked the last few years? I, I think it's possible, but at the same time, I... I'm watching everything that's going on, and I, I think that bolstering Trump and making him the focus is what helps Democrats the most. I think it helped them a lot in the midterms because they didn't want to talk about their atrocious record and everything. But if they could keep everybody thinking about the, quote, bad orange man, you know, then that kind of helps them. So it, at this point, I'm just like, let's let the situation play out. It applies to non-Trump Republicans, the congressional leadership. Um, we see a lot of people saying, oh, no, we, we just got to stick with what we're doing and keep doing it. Well, what we're doing didn't work that well in the midterms. And maybe we should be having a discussion right now about who the leadership should be in the Republican Party, in the Senate, in the House. Is Mitch McConnell the right guy? Is Kevin McCarthy, you know, the right person at this moment where we're getting ready to go into a two-year presidential cycle. No, those are all legitimate questions. And I I think what we learned today— we should all be asking. Yeah, and I think we're going to ask those questions. The problem is is that when you want new leadership, who are those new leaders going to be, and can they get coalitions and votes, and can they actually— you know, work through the process. And there's some, I think, doubts about who those people might be. I've long not been the biggest fan of Mitch McConnell. Uh, But the reality of the way that the swamp works is it's very, very difficult. Even the people look on the McCarthy side right now, Jazz, as you know, even Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying Kevin McCarthy is going to be the guy. We have to go with Kevin McCarthy. So in the end, he is going to be the House Speaker in January. The McConnell question might be a little bit more interesting. I don't know. Listen, you have a great night. We'll have you back. Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com. Appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. Thank you very much. Yep, thanks, Jazz. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We've been talking a little bit about that particular event this afternoon on this show, obviously. And we will roll into another conversation about that. Doug High is back with us, 97.1 FM Talk political insider, former RNC spokesman. He uh, joined us before the midterms. We're going to kind of review that as well. Doug, how are you this afternoon? Welcome back to the uh, show. Good to be with you. 
did we? I don't even think we we didn't talk after this all happened last week. We have Tuesday. not. Yeah. So wow, <laughs> a little. I was a it's little a surprised. A little. A little surprised. It wasn't just a teeny tiny bit better for Republicans, Doug. I, you know, I thought that part of the challenge that Republicans had was they had they had built up the expectations so much yeah. um, that I was I was worried about a letdown. You know, I, I I've told some folks that you know the party committees and so forth to go back and watch Bull Durham. And where he's, you know, telling Tim Robbins, we're going to take it one game at a time, do our best, and good Lord willing, you know, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. And instead, you know, it was a wave. It was a tsunami. And it was going to be a slaughter. It's like, calm down, guys. You, you got to get there first. So what's your theory on, on what happened? Because, you know, I'm sure you've seen this, but we have Senator Hawley here in Missouri not only saying he's probably not going to support Senator Mitch McConnell. To me, that's not a big surprise here in, in my state. But he says that it was party leadership that's to blame here in the establishment. So what do you say about that? Um, well, you're a sitting United States senator, so you're part of the establishment. And you're one who's loyal to the most recent former president, also part of the establishment. So when people start using that word to me, it tells me they're being political, but they're not necessarily being serious. Um, look, some, yeah, mistakes were made. Um, and McConnell was right when he talked about candidate quality. Yeah, um, I agree. No doubt about it. And we still have a candidate quality issue in Georgia. Um, but that's, you know, that's due to a lot of factors. That's due to Trump's endorsement. Sure. It's also due to voters voting for these people. Um, and so, you know, if you nominated Carrie Lake, well, that, you know, again, that's we can blame Donald Trump. We can blame Arizona Republican uh, voters in the primary, you know, and, and so on. But very clearly, enough of these candidates were and not unpredictably so were so terrible that in what should have been a good year for Republicans, they weren't able to get over the line. So one of the things that Senator Hawley said is he, he felt like Republicans didn't have any kind of agenda to run on these midterms. I, I guess I interpreted that a little differently. But is there something to that criticism or not? Well, you know, the House certainly put an agenda together. Um, and, you know, the House also underperformed. So, it's, you know, yes, could the, could the Senate have, have done more and talked about what they were going to do on you know, inflation, on health care, on crime? Sure. But it's not as if that weren't happening anyways. Um, but also, that's, it doesn't seem that that's where Republicans you know, really fell short. If, if you're campaigning in Arizona as a Senate candidate or a gubernatorial candidate, and every speech is about an election from two years ago, you're not connecting. And you don't need Washington to tell you what your agenda is going to be. When I you know, worked in the House of Representatives for eight-plus years, we would work on a party agenda, and then the Republican members would go home and they would talk about what they wanted to talk about. So you could try and do your let's build a party agenda work, but it didn't mean that people were campaigning about it on talking about it because – What's important in one state isn't necessarily right. yeah. what's important in another state. Yeah, I mean, Missouri's a good example. Look, the, the Republicans, we, we did our job here with Eric Schmidt, but the people here are voting with different priorities than they would maybe in Arizona or in Nevada, for sure. And that kind of takes us to this uh, leadership question. You know how this stuff works pretty well. So Kevin McCarthy is nominated by Republicans today. Andy Biggs from Arizona is the other candidate. It's 188 to 31. But yeah. the real test then is in January. And McCarthy has to win all of those votes, 218 votes. So yes. I guess the conventional wisdom, Doug, would be 
Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker. It's going to work itself out, et cetera. But what, what's the process here and how, how do people that are not fans of McCarthy and want new leadership going to come on over or what's the end result? Well, I don't follow conventional wisdom on this at all. Um, what you have now is there's you know a 30 vote shortfall and some of those people are cranks who just want to cause some problems and mix things up and have some fun. Some, you know, want to, you know, have promises made to them so they can extract something, you know, for their vote. Right. Some of that is, is commonplace. Um, you know, but what typically happens in these votes, I've been in the room for these votes, is that once the vote is over, there's a motion to make it unanimous. And everybody just, you know, harumphs and agrees and on you go to say that we're unified. That didn't happen here. So Kevin's going to have a lot of work to do to get to 218. And it's, it's the phrase that in, in the House, when you're talking about votes, that's, that's, that's the phrase you use is, can we get to 218? If you have 218, you can pass something if you can't. And that's true of the speaker vote and you know, of, of any bill. And so what, what will happen is, which is a long, longer way of saying I don't know what will happen, <laughs> is we'll have a vote on January 3rd. Yeah. And each member of Congress gets called individually and they stand up and they can vote for anyone they, they choose. You don't have to be a House member. Um, and then who gets to two, does anybody get to 218? And if not, well, you do it all over again and you keep doing it until until you get there. And so it's quite easy to see an Andy Big stand up and say that they're voting for Donald Trump. You can do that. Um, the question is, will there be no shows, people who are in their office just watching to see what's happening and then will come? and ultimately vote for the winner. Michelle Bachman did that. Marsha Blackburn did that in 2013, for instance. Um, and where, where is that process going? And, at, and that's ultimately uh, why, even if you sort of know what's going to happen, and at this point we don't, you don't really know what's going to happen. It still is slightly dramatic uh, because some members are going to just go their own way. But then the, the other question for me is, and I'm, I would be fine with, with new leadership if that person, you know, can, can be a leader, I guess is what I'd say. But where is Andy Biggs going to come up with the 218 votes or whoever might be speaker? That, that's the other part of the process, right? Sure. So you can just go ahead and forget the name Andy Biggs. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, he's not going to be speaker. He's not going to be a committee chair. Like, it's, that's done. Um, but you've got a very real challenge of a small majority and whomever it is, you know, can they be a leader? Um, you know, I think if you, if you talk to Paul Ryan or John Boehner, you know, they're very quick to talk about their frustrations of what they went through um, because they had you know, difficulties in trying to what, what John Boehner used to call herding cats to get all the cats in the wheelbarrow so that you can pass something. Cause if you can't, you know, ultimately then, and we, gosh, we experienced this with the Bush tax cut expiration, for instance, where we thought we had a good idea. And some people would say, quite literally, because the tax cuts expired midnight on December 31st, would say in late December, but I could vote yes next week, but I can't vote yes this week. Um, you know, we weren't able to herd the cats. And when you can't do that, it creates chaos everywhere. So I've talked a lot, Doug High, about the cage match, which is, I guess, just getting started here with Trump and DeSantis. And DeSantis kind of weighing in a little bit, did a news conference today, said, yep. check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. You know, proud of his accomplishments in Florida. President Trump is kind of being 
President Trump. We, we know. But here we have Carrie Lake losing in Arizona. I think a lot of people expected her to win. You have the people who are conspiratorial thinking, obviously, that elections are not um, are not sound right now. So here comes the orange man with an announcement tonight, Doug. Hi, what's the expectation? And, you know, on, on the one hand, I, I will got I will get all kinds of material here for God knows how long. On the other hand, I, I just I'm exhausted. I think the country's exhausted right now. Yeah. And, and look, that's part of it of why some of these candidates lost is people are, especially independent voters, they're just tired of all of this. And they elected Biden to just calm things down. Now, things aren't calm, um, but, they, but they're at least happy, even if they don't love the direction of the economy and so forth, that they don't have to think about the president all day, every day, because he's saying and tweeting and, and all these other things that Trump, you know, took all of our attentions from, you know, from, from everything else in life quite often on a Friday night. Um, but so, th- so there is this exhaustion. And I think, it, I think it's with Trump, we don't know really what he's going to do because we only know that he loves attention and that he loves to keep us tuned in. So there's, you know, whatever he decides, he could say that he is running for president again, but ultimately not actually run. Um, but something, he'll do something to get everybody talking and it'll be same bat time, same bat channel. See, that's where I think this might land, what you just said, where he's going to talk about running but won't actually execute the campaign in the end. Um, I don't know why I feel that way. And by the way, I'm not right about any of this. But, you know, one of the questions I was thinking about today is, honestly, if you look at the people who are coming out of the last administration, writing books and saying things, and and even people saying, okay, enough is enough, who would President Trump, if he was the president, get to work in his administration? Isn't that kind of a legit question at this point? So it is a legit question, but I would tell you if he wins, he won't have a problem with that. Yeah, well, realistically, Um, you're right. You know, sure, um, it seems pretty clear that his vice presidential pick won't be Mike Pence, for instance, and Mike Pompeo, most likely not Secretary of State. Um, But as we saw, if he won, or when when he did win the first time, a whole lot of people who said no way, no how changed their tune very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the topic of Mike Pence, are you going to read the book? You know, no. And that's not a criticism of Mike Pence. There are so many political books coming out. I'm exhausted, too, and I don't want to read any more of them. I have Maggie Haberman's book, which I am reading, and then I'm probably – and Robert Draper's book on the Congress that I'm reading. But otherwise, I'm pretty done with political books for a while. Especially around the holiday times, right? Let's let's talk about something else for a little bit, but – I don't know if Donald Trump's going to let us do that, Doug High. We'll, we'll have to see. Awesome having you back on 97.1 FM Talk. We will talk soon. Have a great week. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, on the topic of Trump and DeSantis, by the way, and I mentioned this with, with Brian Kilmeade earlier, there's new polling. Uh, take it for what it's worth because we know what polling's like. But in Iowa, DeSantis 48 percent, Trump 37 percent for a GOP primary. New Hampshire, DeSantis 52, Trump 37. Florida, DeSantis 56, Trump 30. Georgia, DeSantis 55, Trump 35%. Those are curious numbers for sure. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Very excited heading over to the Eagles Enterprise Center tonight as they do their Hotel California tour. They play the whole album in its entirety. And they do it with an orchestra, which is going to be awesome. They had a bunch of local musicians with The Who a few weeks ago, so this is going to be a fun show. Uh, It's basically Hotel California to start and then a bunch of the greatest hits. And Vince Gill will be there. I was just showing Sue this amazing version of Taylor Swift's Red that was on the um, Country Music Boys, CMAs, years ago. Vince Gill did it, Alison Krauss. It really was awesome. And you you go way back with Vince Gill from your country radio days, right? Yeah, he's a great guy and an amazing amazing singer. Well, I listen to all this cool music on some some really nice speakers that I get from the sound room because I do have a great appreciation for good sounding music and um, great pictures on TVs. And Dave Young and the team at the sound room, they were nice enough to invite me to an event they're doing on Thursday night called The Big Night In. And it's a big movie and media night. We're going to have a lot of the experts there from some of the big companies. And David Young from the sound room is with me this afternoon to give us all kinds of fun details like a Samsung 98-inch 4K TV and things like that. How are you, David Young? I'm excited about Thursday. I know you are, too. I am. You know, Mark, it's gotten cold all of a sudden, so people are moving inside, and they're enjoying their home theaters and media rooms. Media rooms are hot right now. You know, one one of the things that I've talked about, yeah, one of the things that's happened, I mean, these big TVs, I I have a Sony 85-inch, that you have a Sony 100-inch that's in the store right now, but the the projector, the projectors have, those used to be kind of like, I think people thought second rate with the picture, but those have come so far, haven't they? They are spectacular. We are showing, and this is for the first time in St. Louis, we're showing Sony's top-of-the-line light cannon, it's spectacular. 10,000 lumen brightness projector on a huge, a 193-inch Stewart screen. That's I mean, this, this thing, it will dominate any theater. It's, it's simply amazing. Well, so, David, explain what happens on Thursday night. You've been nice enough to invite me to participate in a panel, but you get to see and meet the reps from some of the big companies, and you'll have yeah, a we, lot of this feature- equipment on display. The, you know, we're featuring uh, the premium brands of audio and video. It's, Sony's going to be here with that projector, their 100-inch TV you mentioned. And we have all four Sony projectors on display. We also have Samsung with their new frame TVs, a 98-inch Samsung, the 85-inch 8K Samsung, and the Terrace series, which are televisions built for outdoors. Epson is going to be here with their projector. They have a brand-new projector that sits right up against the wall and shows a 100-inch picture that you can watch with the lights on. Uh, They also have an entry-level projector that we're featuring in our full home theater system for $8,699. It's a 120-inch home theater, complete, Dolby, Atmos, the whole works uh, at a very good price. We have um, the audio company's Anthem, Paradigm, uh, Kaleidoscape is bringing their media server. This this is going to be a very special night, and there's going to be things that that has never before seen in St. Louis. Yeah, you mentioned. I don't know if you mentioned JL Audio. I'm a big fan. You know, Dave. I have their subwoofers. I think they'll be there as well. And this is really they an are. opportunity to learn about the products and to see them firsthand and maybe get some questions answered. Now, it's a free event, but we want people to register, right? You go to thesoundroom.com. Yeah, so All you have to do is fill out can. an invitation. So we, yeah, you need a ticket. Uh, tickets, you can go to thesoundroom.com and register. We have to cut it off at 150, Mark. So, and we're really close. So we, uh, 
we just, you know, just basically you need to get on right away and, and sign up if you want to see this. As I said, it's, it's kind of a, a once, you know, things that you've never seen before, we're going to be showing that night only. We also have specials. We're doing some trade-ins, $500 off from with your old projector towards a new one and $200 with any old receiver towards a new receiver. Always doing some great things. Look, uh, you know I'm a fan of a lot of this stuff. Where is this taking us right now? The one thing that really popped what you said about that display where you can have a projector basically even with the lights on. So the quality of the projectors, the intensity of the lights, the TVs with the backlight, all these things, you know the technology much better than than me. But where is this taking us? Because these pictures, especially if you watch the NFL and the 4K and some of the things they're doing right now, it looks like people are in your living room. <laughs> they are. It's just more realistic. Everything is, you know, it's life size. It's it's clear. You remember you used to walk up close to a display and you'd see all the pixels and how the picture was made. You don't do that anymore. No. It, it looks like you're walking up, you know, to a window. It's it's just the technology is amazing. Are you going to have anyone from Sonos there Thursday night? Uh, Sonos will not be there. Um, Sonos is um, audio only and. Um, this is primarily media and movies. I, I bring it up because years ago, David and the team would tell me about Sonos, and it was it was hard for me to get my arms around what Sonos was and what it can do for me, and I love my Sonos system so much. I have Sonos speakers, sound bars. They can run individually, or I can have all the rooms working at the same time. I have music out on the patio, and I'm a big fan of what Sonos has accomplished, and really great quality and sounding products. So you can at least ask some and, questions about that. And the best that. wireless the best wireless system out there. So you don't have to run new wires. It's easy. You can go room to room. You can add a speaker just by plugging it in. Uh, it it's just so easy. That's what's the great about it. Free. Yeah, you take it out of the box and basically, if you're on Wi-Fi, you hook it up with the app and boom. And then you can use that app. Like I I went to um, to Florida over the the last couple of summers to the formerly Sanibel Captiva it used to be there, <laughs> not there anymore. But um, Tim, my friend, had a Sonos system, and you can just work your app if somebody else has Sonos. So there's a lot of benefits to that. Well, look, I'm very much looking forward to Thursday night. I will get there as soon as I can as the show wraps up. David mentioned there are some spots available. Just go to thesoundroom.com and fill out a little information, and we'll see you on um, on Thursday night. And you can get some great views of home theater. I love it. Anything else we want to toss looking in? Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Dave Young. We'll Thank see you, you Thursday. This stuff, I get so geeked up about it, and I want to buy more. And I only have so many rooms, and I, I, I can only have so many speakers. But every time I see new technology, I'm like, this is, this is well, amazing. Now I've had a TV. This is I've had an 85 inch Sony, and I know this because I got it right when I, you know, moved into my house. It's five years old right now, and it's still a great picture. But then I go in there on Thursday night, and I see something that's a hundred inches. Bigger and better, Sue. Uh, you are just totally into that <laughs> stuff. It's insane. I almost guarantee you'll get a new TV. Ooh, the good news is eventually I'll get a hand-me-down. Uh, yeah, well. No, you got enough rooms in that house. You know, we, we kind of, the thing is with my 85-inch, we blew out our built-ins. This is why I love my wife so much, one of the many reasons, because we were sitting in this house five years ago, and I think it was a, might have been a 60-inch, right? And we had it up on the wall, and it just didn't fit the room. And Becky's like, no, nah, we're going to have to tear. You know, so we we literally had the built-ins um, expanded, and then we, we framed it around the 85-inch. But I can't go much bigger than that unless I want to just tear the entire wall down. And Which, by don't. the way, is not, well, it's not out of the question. I'm just going to okay. say that right now. Stand by. Playback ready. Now, the 
the audio cut of the day. Audio cut of the day is sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. And this is going to be an interesting night because, and we'll air this here on um, 97.1 FM Talk, Donald Trump expected to make an announcement. Everybody thinks that he's going to announce that he's in the presidential race. You know, one thing that's unique about this, and I think that everything surrounding the former president is rather unique. Typically, if you'd have someone get into a presidential race, you'd have all these surrogates, like even his surrogates, like Laura Trump or uh, Don Jr. would be on Fox today talking about how there's going to be an announcement. They'd have other people from the campaign that would be in the media. Now, maybe that's all going to come together tomorrow, but it, it is interesting because nobody knows exactly what he's going to do or how he's going to say it. Now, he's been, you know, he's been hammering uh, Glenn Youngkin. I don't know why. He's called Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious. And DeSantis, since that happened, has not really said anything until today. And that's your audio cut of the day. You know, one of the things I've learned, like learned in this job is um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done. Yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm. Just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you, what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Uh, the fact of the matter is, we um, it, it was the the, the greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. He did not mention the former president's name in any of those comments, and we'll see what happens tonight with the announcement. Get the popcorn ready. I'm going to the Eagles. I'll follow up Have on all fun. this after I get home from the concert. We'll talk tomorrow at 3. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.